Hi, it has been so exciting seeing the registrations coming in for our Revive Lifestyle Medicine Safari Retreat in Africa happening this January 2025. If this has been on your bucket list or if you have already gone and you cannot wait to go back, now is the time to save your spot. We'll be having incredible wildlife viewing excursions, including primate trekking, seeing elephants, rhinos, giraffes, lions, and more. Cultural experiences with local guides, healthful food in beautiful accommodations, participating in a service project, and sharing expertly guided lifestyle medicine activities, including nutrition, physical activity, stress relief, sleep, connection, nature, and more. How can you find out more about it? Well, go to the website, stressfreemd.net slash safari-retreat. That's stressfreemd.net slash safari-retreat, where you can learn more about our incredible itinerary and save your spot. CME is included for healthcare professionals. Any questions, reach out, and I cannot wait to share this incredibly transformative experience with you. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Stress-Free MD Podcast, where you learn how to be stress-free from the inside out, elevate your calm, and live your best, healthiest life. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Tiger, your self-care doctor. Welcome back to the Stress-Free MD Podcast. I am so excited to be sharing a very, very special guest with you today. We have Dr. Sapna Shahak with us. And Dr. Shahak comes to us from Kansas. She is a board-certified internal medicine physician. She was born and raised in Kansas and attended medical school at the University of Kansas School of Medicine. She completed her internal medicine residency at Kansas University, Wichita as well. And after experiencing burnout herself and watching other physician colleagues burn out, it became a passion of hers to look into different aspects of burnout. While the system does need to change, as it is broken, the podcast that she hosts, the Worthy Physician Podcast, is a way that she reaches physicians to shed light on what is not an isolated situation. And I totally feel aligned with Dr. Shaw Hawk in what she's doing, what she believes, and the messages that she shares with others, which is why I'm so excited that she's here with us on our podcast today. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Shawhawk. Thank you, Dr. Tiger. I really appreciate this and thank you for the opportunity. I know some of your story. I've had the privilege of following you and hearing your insightful and thoughtful words and your experiences. I would love for you to share with our listeners your journey, your story, and how you got here. Sure. So, you know, the, the first time I went through Burnout uh, was in 2016, but I really didn't have the vocabulary to put together what I was feeling. And I'm in rural Kansas. It was a 
different culture then and a different setup where we were seeing our own patients in the hospital, in the office, consults, and honestly, just being in that type of environment, even when I was off, I was still on. So on vacation, on my weekends off, I was getting paged, expected to come in, culture, you know, don't say no. A family member had a life-changing event. It's my mom. She had a major stroke. And literally within 24 hours, she went from somebody that's incredibly independent, had just retired, to somebody that needed 24-hour care. So I had to really look at what I needed to do in the role then. And I decided to scale back in order to be present with family. but. It was uh, definitely needed. I didn't really understand my stress level at that time. Not sleeping, uh, always worried about missing a page. And to be able to be present with my family, I took another outpatient job, no inpatient, no on-call. And it was great. It was great until a couple of things happened. I had non-physicians trying to tell me how to do my job and with unrealistic expectations along with the the death by suicide of my best friend who was also a physician on 2019 dr bicker took her life in her own office i think that sends a big message when physicians die by suicide particularly within a within a hospital or their practice. Um, this is not something that was expected. When she left a letter saying as to why she didn't seek help, professional help, and it was because she was afraid of professional repercussion. And at that point in time, I started looking at, you know, why would a physician take their own life? That, that doesn't make any sense. It's never crossed my mind what happened, you know, how could this information be kept, kept alone? And the statistics were astonishing as far as just shocking. The amount of physicians that die by suicide every year. And then the fact that female physicians are more successful compared to the, to their male counterparts. And that is absolutely different from what we see in general population. And with that, that's when I discovered the term burnout. And then learning how to, you know, how, what do you do with that grief? When the first year anniversary came around, I had a really hard time processing it. How do you, how do I process this? How do I process type of loss? And so I did enroll, I put myself in therapy. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I still maintain therapy even today, um, you know, at least once a month. It's my mental health checkup, my my tune-up. But out of that grief came came the worthy physician, my podcast, and just looking at different aspects, whether it is spiritual, financial, or practical, other practical stories that we don't talk about. Well, first, I'd just like to acknowledge that, acknowledge your grief and pain and let you know that I'm here for you. I 
am feeling it deeply right now. I have had three physician colleagues in my journey of medicine die from suicide, one from college, one from residency, and one from my medical practice. And it's something that's completely, it's just so hard to explain the feelings that you have and putting them into words in a way that makes sense. I like to use the word from suicide instead of dying by suicide or you know committed suicide in that from suicide really puts it as a medical illness like anything else like you die from a heart attack you die from cancer right you die from things that are in our bodies outside our minds. And so for me, I have found it much more palatable. The words come out of my mouth much more easily when I recognize, as you said, that you know this mental illness, this mental emotional state that we experience shouldn't really be seen as different from other parts of our body that may not be functioning just right. And so we take the blame off of the human that's suffering when we say someone dies from suicide, as if we say they die from a heart attack or from cancer. So I want to offer that to you in that that has helped me. And I learned that from others. I didn't make that up, but that has really been something that's brought me a lot of a lot of healing and using the semantics in that way. So much happening and so much to unpack in what you shared, you know, going back to becoming the caretaker for your mom at a time when you were so burned out yourself and then the loss of your best friend in the way that that happened. Can you share with us, you mentioned the mental health care professional that you brought on board. Can you talk a little bit about what you found helpful to, to help you heal through the grief as well as your own burnout and whether that be just from the medical healthcare professional that was on your team? or other things that you were doing? Sure. So back in 2016, when I assumed one of the roles as, you know, my mom's primary caretakers, I know I had to scale back my hours. And just by scaling back and changing my work environment for me, that worked at that time because I was able to fill both roles as a physician but also as a family member. And for me, that was my goal. So by cutting back from work, I had protected evenings. I had protected weekends. That was huge in and of itself because when I walked out the clinic doors, I was done. And so I was able to concentrate on my family. So for me at that time, that was healing and alleviated any type of, and this is going to, this sounds so silly, but looking back, you know, there, there, there was guilt leaving patients and having to pivot because no physician says, Oh, I'm just going to stay here a short time, build a practice then and then leave. Right. But I knew that I had to do all the above for myself and, and for my family. Like, if I can't do that, then I'm no good as a physician because I'm not going to show up 100%. And 
Regarding the question of how did I overcome burnout, the first time switching and really that that pivot, that was healing in and of itself. It's unfortunate of the stroke, but I was able to help my mom navigate the medical system and use my background as an internist for a good reason, right? For something that's very near and dear to my heart. Regarding burnout in 2019 and how to process a loss of, you know, my best friend's death from suicide. And you're absolutely right. That's a better way of saying it. It was honestly a lot of, it was mostly therapy. It was mostly therapy and being regular. Having that objective sounding board and learning how to process painful emotions, learning how to label those emotions, understanding how my emotions, not only how I feel, but how my body feels when I'm feeling a particular emotion, I became more in tune of that, which is not something I had spent a lot of time on prior to because of obvious reasons, you know, in medical school, we're in medical school in our twenties. And then in a, in our mid twenties, maybe early thirties, we're in residency, starting in practice. We don't take time to understand that. So that has honestly, therapy was my, my main focus. And then by going through the grief process, I learned more about myself and then that triggered personal reading interests which triggered more personal growth. Wow, you've really done so much work on yourself at a time when things were so chaotic, upside down and painful. And you brought up some really important points. One is that you created space for yourself and you created space for yourself in that you changed the hours that you're working and you created space in your evenings and your weekends, really honoring that you needed more time not to be at work and being okay with that. You know, as physicians, we think we have to do everything 150% and it's hard to say, I'm going to take care of me. It's okay to cut my hours. I'm not any less of a doctor if I am working less. When I was working in a job sharing situation because I decided I wanted to take care of my kids and work and try and balance that, and I had a full-time working physician husband, I would frequently hear, you went through all of that training and paid all of that money and you're only working three days a week? And initially, there was a lot of judgment there. And what I decided to say was, I went through all of that training and paid all of that money so I can work three days a week and take care of my kids. And I saw it as a privilege that I had earned as opposed to me being less than. And so I really want to honor that you were strong and made that decision and didn't let that affect how you saw yourself as In your career, as the whole person that you are, you're still a physician doing your job doesn't mean that you're less because you're not working nights and weekends. So I really want to draw attention to that and really, really commend you for that. And then, you know, seeing 
seeking help, creating space for you to seek help with your mental health care, health care professional and understanding that it's so important to process our painful emotions, as you so eloquently said, and, and label them, and that we really need to be in tune with our body's feeling. We have this bi-directionality between our body and our mind and what our thoughts actually create what's going on in our body and our thoughts actually create illness in our body when we don't process our experiences. We say it causes issues in our tissues. And so it's not only important to recognize what we're feeling and recognize the emotions, but we need to actually process them to be our healthiest, happiest, most joyful and you know, long living self. So just bringing attention to these key components of your healing and just really just commending you for making those really important choices for yourself and therefore your family and your patients and everyone else in your life. No, thank you very much. And you're absolutely right. Yes. What we do as work or as a job, a profession, take your pick of nomenclature, it does not define us. So yes, you're absolutely right. It is a privilege that you have earned by dedicating over a decade to your training, honing that skill, knowing your worth. And and it's not like you just walked into that position of three days a week. That's where I am now. And I've been working about a decade past residency. And so it's something that we work toward. Uh, So I want to also frame that and it's something that we work toward. It wasn't something that I walked out of residency and into. So I'm in the same situation that you described, and I would not have it any other way because I get to enjoy my little ones, not only little once. And nobody on their deathbed has ever said that I know of that I would rather have spent my time working. Yeah, said no one. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and even if you do decide to come right out of training and work part time, which actually I did, and I don't have any shame in that, because my husband and I made an executive decision that if he was going to be working every day and nights and weekends a lot, that we wanted someone around, you know, and and I was happy to be that person and. When I was working as a physician in my medical practice, whether it was the hospital or an outpatient office, I wasn't any less of a physician than on the days that I was caring for my children and being that room mom and showing up at the school to sell soft pretzels or, you know, being on the soccer mom and being treasurer and, you know, doing all the things. So if you are a physician and if, or if you're anyone out there listening and you're deciding that you want to create a work schedule that makes sense for you and your family, go for it. You're not any less of a person for not doing something seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So Dr. Shah Hawk, I'd love to know about your podcast. You know, as a podcaster, I know my why. I'd love to get into your why and how you decide to share certain types of content on your podcast and how that has maybe been transforming for you? That's a great question. Thank you for that. And, you know, 
the podcast really came out of a place of grief. And I wanted to understand why burnout was happening. Before I actually got into this, it really felt like an isolated event. And I just thought, you know, I've been, I can, I've done some really hard things. And so surely I can't be the only one. And so when I started, when I started doing this type of podcast, I learned a lot about others' journeys, including yours, including yours. And it's, it's not, it's not an isolated event. Unfortunately, I think we're in a culture where it's taboo to talk about. It's taboo to talk about struggle. It's taboo to talk about being human. We also have a financial component where, you know, the golden handcuffs are, it's a real issue for some more than others. And so I can see both sides, but you have to really look at, yeah, just because it may not be the narrative for one person doesn't mean it's not for another. So there's no absolute truth to that. With that being said, that has led me to look at various topics such as finances, such as gratitude, such as other physicians and even non-physicians coming on to the podcast to share their stories. Why? Because I think everybody has a story and everybody, as, as physicians or as people, we're storytellers and we can learn through stories and narratives. So I like also the variety and just the teachable moments. And for me, that has really been part of my healing, I think. I know it's been part of my healing. And also you know, doing that inner work, it also gives me a place to reflect. So that's how I have chosen the content and the the episodes, uh, what I what I write about and what I post on social media. I definitely try to ensure that it is positive because there's a lot of negative in the world, and this is about building people up, not tearing them down. Yeah, building people up and not tearing them down. So beautifully said, and. And I love that you're lifting the taboo so that we can talk about the struggle, so that we can talk about being human. And at the same time, you're recognizing that this is healing for you. It's inviting you to do your inner work and giving you a place to reflect. So it's just so wonderful. I was honored to be a guest on your podcast. I love your content and I'm grateful for you and I'll let you put out there into the world. Is there anything that we haven't talked about, any pearls of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't discussed? I think the biggest one is don't let what others think of you or what is expected of you, if it does not align with your true self and you can't recognize yourself in the mirror, not necessarily physically speaking, but core values then do something to change it. It may not happen overnight, but that is definitely something that you can work toward. Because at the end of the day, that is the most important because that's what you're going to teach your family. That's what you're going to show your kids. Yeah, really showing up as your authentic self and, and doing something about whatever doesn't seem right for you. Because if it's not right for you, it's not right for others as well. 
I love that. And you're doing just that. So I really commend you for your work. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and for sharing your story with us. I know it's going to help so many people. Where can people find you? What is the best way? Sure. So the website, www.theworthyphysician.com. That is where I have my, my podcast, my blog, and any links to socials. Typically on LinkedIn is where I am most active professionally. Okay, so we'll have the links to theworthyphysician.com as well as the podcast and your social on LinkedIn in the show notes, as well as the CME link for this episode. I want to thank Dr. Shah Hawk so much for being here, for sharing her wisdom. I'd love to thank all of you for listening and taking time to care for amazing you. Remember to be kind to one another and be kind to yourself. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of the Stress-Free MD Podcast. Hi, I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Stress-Free MD Podcast, learning short, actionable tools to relieve the stress in your life. And I've got some amazing news for you. I've created some short videos for you where you can learn stress-relieving tools by video format as well. Me teaching you on videos. They're totally free. They're very short. They're about five minutes in length each because I know how busy you are. And all you have to do is go to my website, www.stressfreemd.net. And on the homepage, it says feel calm now. And then you can click the link to get your free videos and I'll send them directly to your inbox and your email. And you can share this website with your friends, your family, your colleagues, so they can feel calm too. (laughs) So go get your videos. What are you waiting for?